Rico's gonna give you, what Rev is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Rico's gonna give you, what Rev is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Rico, Rev, and Ben, yet they're at it again. Breaking down the team, putting stats up in your head. Nothing left than said. They're leaving it all on the field. Just like the favorite team, raising two cups and we'll chill. The knowledge is a real for a trio so true. To representing the great red, white, and blue. And you love them too. That you can't deny, so just one time. Let me hear Dallas till I die. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you the big D. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you. The Big D. Um, soccer? Podcast? Welcome to Big D After Dark on this fine evening as we celebrate... And enter into some peppy appreciation hour with FC Dallas' 2-1 home victory against the league-leading, well, almost league-leading, Eastern Conference-leading New England Revolution. Big game from Pepe, from Jesus Ferreira, from Justin Che. We've got a lot to talk about. Is the team back on track? Is this the beginning of more? Let's get to it, and we'll take your comments and questions live. This is Big D After Dark. There we are. Welcome. Welcome to Big D After Dark. All of a sudden, Jose has disappeared. Oh, there he is. All right, good. All right, great. Got to get his his scarf on. Um, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the show. We've got seven viewers so far. This is an interactive show, so please send in your comments, your reactions about FC Dallas's home win against New England Revolution. Let's talk Major League Soccer. Let's talk North Texas, let's let's have a good time together. Uh, my name is Nathan Hill. You can follow me at, at Nathan J Hill, and uh, there, uh, well, uh, in the middle is Jose uh, El Chico Carmona on Twitter, and there in the end is Ben Lyon at Bird Turgler on Twitter. Follow us for some good stuff. Uh, say say hello, everybody. Howdy. Hello, everybody. Yeah, it's good. Hey, we're in good spirits. At last week, we did the show, and um, we had a lot of uh, a lot of wistful sighs. We had a lot of just depleted, uh, just lamentations because the team has looked awful. It has just they have just struggled, and we weren't feeling great after the LAFC loss this past week. But then FC Dallas got some of that home cooking. Uh, and especially behind the great work of Ricardo Pepe and uh, and Jesus Ferreira getting the starts and generating what FC Dallas needed. And the defense did enough, despite dealing with some setbacks of their own. So a lot for us to think about here. And we've got some clips of post-game 
reaction clips from Coach Lucci, from Pepe, from Jesus that we'll get to in a little bit. But let's just start with your reactions, Jose and Ben, from this match. Jose, we'll start with you. Well, my reaction is that if, if you finally get the sense that the teams may be headed, pointed in the right direction. Uh, for me, uh, I was excited to see, of course, Jesus and Pepe looking good together. Uh, but for me, the things that I, I like to see a little continuity, uh, continuity, a little building up from the few good things we saw in the LAFP match and seeing them take that and expand on that. And that was, uh, you know, uh, Tafari playing uh, playing in the back line and looking really good. I mean, he, 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 he was rock solid uh, in this game in the win and he wasn't really that bad against uh lafc you know he looked solid against lafc and he looked improved in this match and uh, that's honestly what you want to see same thing with justin shake he looked solid against lafc and he looked much better in this match and, and, and that same thing goes for uh uh facundo who looked yeah. okay against lfc he wasn't he wasn't he was he was okay but he was rock solid in this match, and that's what mm -hmm. you want to see. You want to see the, the new guys that got inserted into that basically uh, showing improvement. Same thing for Jesus, same thing for Pepe. Maybe that's home cooking, but it's something that he can build up, and that's just something that gives us a little hope going forward. And to Farai, I think it was cool to see him bring some personality to his position with a with uh, some style and hair and some, yeah, it, it just uh, it's good to see the kid kind of grow into this kind of situation he's in and step up can, to the plate. Can I just add on that? Tafari, actually, his play should excite us because he's looked solid. And let's face it, one of the weaknesses for the back line, and this has been a weakness for several years now, is the lack of speed, you know, that that, that – in the back in the starting CBs and to have a guy like Tafari who's really fast looking solid looking 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 uh, uh, like a veteran out there that's good news going forward I mean, that that if they can count on him to be you know a, a third option or one of the guy, or, or secondary option when the injuries hit us like we are right now it's exciting to have a, a, a third back back there that can actually play with some of the speedier opponents we're going to face. And I think he has an eye for, for some some line-breaking passes, too. I think he has some confidence around him. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he continues to grow. And we don't know what this situation is going to be like injury-wise. So, well, let's move to Ben. Ben, give us your reactions from this big home win. Bump on uh, uh, Nkosi Tafari. Um, dude is jacked. I don't remember if you saw um, his his uh, pictures from um, uh, preseason, but you know he's working with like you know a twelve pack. He's just he's just he's just a, a, a phenom of fitness and athleticism. Um, that's and, that doesn't translate to the field. So uh, LAFC that was his first game. Um, and the difference in, in confidence between that and the New England game, which New England has the best record in the Eastern Conference. I mean, hats off to him. Let's see more of that. Um, 
let's see uh let's see more shea on the right side i mean like he's 17 years old it was his second game too not too shabby um and let's see more peppy i mean like 90 minutes a game for the rest of the season uh, at, at a bare minimum um you know no no more frank o'hara on the field don't let him back on the field get as fit as tafari that way hara does not come back on the field please to the point to the point yeah you know uh the three million dollar a year designated player striker from argentine (laughs) is uh, the argentinian has one goal and one assist meanwhile our homegrown 18 year old striker has four goals to, to his name and He's uh, and his 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 goals are fun. They're joyful. They're spectacular. They make you they make you get up out of your seat and shout. Uh, and and then meanwhile we speak about Jesus Ferreira getting fit again. We knew he'd be important. It's just a setback. It happens sometimes. Players get a knock in training. He had something with the shoulder. He couldn't do contact. And we thought, well, I don't know, is it going to take a while? But but that that first assist, uh, it, my first thought was like he mishit the ball, but the dude knew exactly what he was doing, and it was a perfect ball for Pepe. I mean, just incredible stuff from Jesus. So really exciting to see Justin Che again play the kid's mantra. It is is something we say, and and. and uh, you know, and of course you got to put him in the right spots. But to see Justin Che come in from his training stint with his loan with Bayern Munich too, uh, just, the kid's ready. The kid has some poise and some confidence and some speed. It, it's fun to see him play and to see his confidence grow too. So I, I agree with you guys. Like this, this is an exciting. It was an exciting match against a, a legit team who didn't really rotate. Um, even though they had a busy week, but FC Dallas had a busy week too. So there's a lot, I think, of positives that we can take from this. Um, and and you're right, Jose uh, Quinone uh, had a really solid game too. And I thought Acosta seemed to do better with working space, Quinone, I think, in this game. Not, not still happy with his corner kicks or free kicks, but yeah, it seemed like they had a better partnership. Would, would you say, would you agree with me, Jose? I agree. I agree. Uh, and, and that's just that's just him basically getting to know the players around him and what they like to do, what their purpose is, where they're going to be, are they going to make their runs. That's something where, I mean, he had his pass percentage was like 97% at one point or something like that. I mean, that's honestly what you want from, from the guy in the middle. You know, you want him to control. You want him to, to, to control the center and, and dictate, you know, the center of the field and, and did that and i think it's the first time we got a glimpse of why they brought him here you know the first two matches you're like well i don't know about this guy you know but in in this match against uh you know i keep wanting to say uh minnesota united by the way you know for some reason that's stuck in my head but in this match against new england you really got to see some of those qualities of why he was brought here and hopefully we see more of that consistently because we don't know if he's a, you know, a streaky player or a consistent player. But all hope is that we'll see more of what we saw in New England and less of what we saw against LAFC and, and 
in Minnesota. So, mm. yeah, uh, very excited about that. I also want to say one thing about sure. I, I was telling Ben about this earlier, but you know, I I'm on Twitter, social media and stuff, and and all I see is is FCD fans and U.S. fans complaining that Justin Che is a center back and why they're playing him at right back. And in all honesty, in two games, yes, it's a short sample, but in two games he's played better than than Ryan or Eddie have played at any point this season in that spot. And let's face it, if you can't tell me that those guys have played better than in the two matches that we've seen uh, uh, Justin Shea, then you need to just shut the hell up because you need to play whoever the guy, the best guy is playing right now at that position, regardless, even if he's out of position, because let's face it, you know, Ryan Hongshead is better at left back. You know, um, if, who else are you going to try there? You're going to try uh, Tuomasi. He's a converted right winger. You know, anyone else that you play there other than Eddie Mundoma is yeah. you're going to be moving from another spot, which is all you're doing with Che. And if he's the best option, who cares how young he is? Who cares if he's maybe going to be sold at the end of the year? You know, or, or they're just doing it. You know, it's a stunt. Who cares? If he's the best person playing at that spot, then he needs to play ahead of everybody else. Mm. And I like what I see from him. He looks fearless on defense. He looks fearless going forward. And the other options we have look good doing one or the other, but not both. And he's the first guy, first person that we've played there that you don't go, oh, no, they're attacking him. Or, oh, no, you know, he's going forward. You generally look at him and see the confidence in the shows. And it shows around his teammates, too. Mm-hmm. That's my rant. Ben, Ben is, is Justin Che long for uh, this um, for for FC Dallas? Is it, you think he's gone by the summer? I don't have any particular insight there. Uh, you know, you can speculate from here to the hills, and you could say, well, FCD is definitely keeping him around because you know they need an answer at that position, and he provides that. Um, you know. Um, they're keeping him around to jack up the price because, you know, Byron got this sweetheart deal with Chris Richards and they're trying to come in with, you know, some um, caviar on a sardine budget, as a friend of mine would say. Um, so, I mean, you know, like there's any number of motivations why FC Dallas would, would keep them around. Um, you know, there's also the pandemic. So transfer budgets are maybe a little bit uh, – slimmer than they used to be so um you know i i for one hope he sticks around through the season um because he looks like he can he can be that answer right back which uh, that 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 hadn't been answered up until this point in the season and, and uh, honesty, we're talking money if you let him go now you're looking at getting chris richard's money maybe uh reggie cannon money at best or you start him the whole season, he falls out, plugs that weakness that we have, gives Eddie another year to get solid there, and then goes for uh, Reynolds' money. I think that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Such such a wide range of outcomes for such a young player. But yes, it's yeah, very... I the, the, the sky's the limit for this kid. Honestly, I think if 
the more the longer he stays in uh, Dallas, the better it is for the team. Well, yeah, because we want the team to win instead of lose, which is what they did a lot of lately. <laughs> exactly, and we've got a rough patch of games coming up. So, I mean, the more options we have without position, without having to pull uh, Hollingshead from the left side, which, let's face it, needs him there, the, the better. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm all for that. Keep good players around. Put bad players on the bench. Pepe, get fit. <laughs> So Hara never has to play anymore. Greg Berthalter, don't call in any of the FC Dallas guys into the national team for the Gold Cup. Yeah, stay uh, away from Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all of those jackasses, they deserve Jossie Zardes, Christian Roldan, Jackson Ewell. Hell, bring Will Trap back in. That'll be fun. U.S. fans deserve nothing so much as to have Will Trap back in the picture. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, let's let's talk about the negatives from the game. I mean, I already mentioned Hara, Hara coming in, and of course Pepe had a knock, um, and it's probably wise to manage his minutes some, and he did his job. But Hara came in, and just the drop off uh, was just so noticeable, and Hara puts his effort in, so I'll give him credit for that. Um, and Lucci was sure to compliment Hara from his effort in practice and his leadership. And, and I'm, I'm, I think Lucci's trying to thread the needle on that, but I understand, but the pressure he probably faces. Also, you know, uh, um, Breston was our only kind of veteran or, or real veteran defender out there on that back line. And he was the one who, you know, sort of just lost his marker and led to New England's goal. You know, hard one. It was a tricky run by Gustavo Bao. And so, um, you know, tough one, a tough one that you like. He would like back, I'm sure. He would like to handle differently. But uh, other than that, you know, I mean, interesting subs, but the subs brought energy for their moments when they needed it to help close this th- game out and keep possession. So all in all, uh, oh, Obreon, I think he's the only other person that we could just say, ah, you know, he started out so hot and he has really, he's kind of struggling to figure out his role all of a sudden. Um, and we really need more from him at, at, at moments. It's like sometimes he's trying too hard or or just not in sync with the team. So maybe some of that's going to get fleshed out. The, the lineup has undergone a lot of changes. I mean, what do you all think about that? He'll well, adjust. I, yeah, he'll, I think he'll, he'll looked better in this match. I mean, than when, what you saw from LAFC or the previous matches where they're asking him to be more forward, more hold up. He did less of that, and... I think it improved him a little. It's, it's he's got a ways to go, but it's something to build on. You know, he, he did the quick uh, passing off instead of trying to pretend he's you know a big burly forward who can hold the ball forever, which is what he usually does. Or, I mean, he's out there basically as the threat of being able to hit the ball over the top. That's what he's there for, and I think he needs to understand that and and find a way to to help the team when he's not doing that. I think that's just it. Is is I thought he did a little better. Still not good enough, you know. But a small, slight improvement. And it's where you start asking what other option you have there. You can't put Ax in there. And who are you going to put there? That's that that's going to play better than him. And let's face it, all the other options will have as many question marks as Obreon has. So mm-hmm. I think Lucci is basically saying 
is trusting on in him and saying, you know what, this will pay off in the long run. He'll he'll settle down at some point, and I think that's what Lucci's gambling. Well, let's let's jump over to Lucci now. Let's. So I got to ask Lucci and and, and Pepe and Jesus a, a few questions on the post game. Um, I'm always nervous about jumping on this post game, especially after a good match like that where. I was I was enjoying life and uh, and enjoying some libations, <laughs> you know. I'm like, am I sound like an idiot? But anyway, I, it was good. Lucci was in a good mood, you could tell, but he was focused on the next match and, and the work the team still needs to do. So I, I asked him about Pepe. I just I just asked him like, tell us about this kid. You've known him for a long time, and what you see in him. And so let's listen to to Lucci's um, Lucci gushing about Ricardo Pepe. It's funny, uh, Pepe, the first time I ever saw him, he was 12 years old in El Paso in a, in a middle school field. Um, and uh, I was out there with uh, Francisco Molina. I don't know if Chris Hayden was with me or not, but uh, just saw a kid naturally positioned and, and with instincts around the goal. Um, and at that very, really young age, he, him and his family made the decision to join our, um, our, well, the residency was living with a family. He's too young. He was too young to be in Casa Club. So, you know, he always uh, he always had this instinct and talent, and, and it was about kind of supporting his, his pathway and supporting, giving him ingredients to reach his potential, and he's nowhere near his potential. Uh, you still see a lot of things in his game that, that could be much better, but he certainly, um, he certainly has a great mentality, and he has the talent, and, and he has a, a, f- a great family and a great support system, and uh, it's a pleasure to work with him because whether he starts or not or scores or not, he's always ready, wanting to learn, uh, and that to me shows he's got a high ceiling. So I'm really happy for him, and and uh, I, I know he's going to continue to be hungry and want more. We'll leave it there for now. Um, you could just tell, uh, that's why I like Lucci. He, he, you know, he's, he's doing his job. He's being professional here, but... That bits of his personality and his just passion for these players that he's known for a long time, that he he sees their potential, it just it just shines through, and that's it's got to be great. I mean, it's got to be great to be a player to know a guy like Lucci who's in your corner and supporting you and there to to, to journey with you. So um, yeah, the 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 sky's the limit. We've we've not even seen anywhere close to Pepe's ceiling and that's really exciting if you're an fc dallas fan it is and we saw this in north texas you know if if he gets on a roll you know the goals just start coming and and that's hopefully what we we hope will happen here we need to happen let's face it Mm -hmm. well then i remember a couple summers back watching watching Pepe uh, clean up at the tournament that that uh, Sue Quinceañero uh, for Liga MX and MLS. Um, I don't think they had it last year, but back in 2018, uh, he won the golden boot in that tournament. Like he was just like, like the best player in the entire tournament, even though FC Dallas didn't end up winning. Uh, I think they ended up losing to like, Pachuca or um, maybe Club America's uh, academy team, but he had like ten goals in eight games, and, or ten goals in seven games, or eleven goals. He was just ridiculously prolific. And the thing about him is, you know, not only was he able to score like your classic 
bully center forward goals, but you know, he was adept with both feet. The uh, team had him take uh, free kicks. Um, hold that thought. Um, and you know, he'd score off free kicks. We've seen him do that with North Texas. He could do that for FC Dallas. I mean, I've, I've seen Hara and Acosta below those left and right. Hell line up Pepe and let him take those. Cause he's, he's actually, he's really good at taking those free kicks. That's that's the other thing that, that we just still, you know, Acosta, maybe his corner kicks weren't the worst in the world, but we still need more. We need more, and uh, and I think the team has got to figure somebody else out. Um, but let's 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 keep it on the, the topic of Pepe appreciation. Here is I asked Jesus Ferreira, congratulated him on his great game, and asked him to talk about his partnership with with Ricardo. Here's what he said. Uh, well, thank you, first of all. Um, with him, you know, he's a young guy. We we have a, a partnership in the locker room and outside the locker room, you know, outside outside of soccer in general. Um, I think it's a, it's a special bond just because both of us are young. You know, we're, we're looking at the same objectives. You know, it's to score goals, assist. And I think that, you know, showing what we can do together, it's, it's something special. And, you know, when we work together and the team works together, you know, we can do great things. To the point, um, Pepe and and Jesus were just just short answers, but that's good. They're young, um, and but but I love the sense that we know about that that Pepe and Jesus have a great relationship, not just on the field but off the field, um, which which I, I think uh, you know has a lot of is a lot of the glue that makes it possible. That, why they had such a successful game together. And so you got to think about keeping them on the field together, I think, going forward. Right? So now that before we before we talk about this, let's get to or I asked Pepe about what Jesus brings to the par- partnership. Let's listen to Ricardo Pepe. Uh, Jesus, you know, he, he plays well in between lines. He has that, that vision of, of a midfielder. He can play a ball in behind. He can play a ball in between lines. I feel like, you know, that vision that, that he brings to the team and just being on the ball is very dangerous for against other teams. So I, I feel like he brings a lot of, a lot of passing, a lot of uh, midfielder qualities in, into the field. Short and sweet, but to the point. But it's right. But Jesus seems to fall into this category. He's a striker. He can play that false nine, but he has these midfielder, this vision of passing and finding space, and that that's just a real gift. That you know, of course, makes you think a lot about his dad, you know, and, and what his dad brought. Um, it's true, and you know what? I, I want to say that you can see that last year was kind of a transition year for him because they were asking him to play more, more like an attacking midfielder than than a. Than an actual striker, and you're seeing that starting to pay off. Where where he looks, where he can switch uh, uh, between the two at will, now, you know, and and he can do the passing now. He can do it. Just he just looks more confident in what he's doing out there. And we're starting to see the Jesus that we saw earlier, you know, before before he started playing where he's playing right now. Um, so I think I think that's just it. It's the confidence that these kids are gaining being out there. You know, you got to take your rough starts, your rough matches with the young players because it takes time for them to gain that confidence, to build that momentum. You see it now with Pepe, you see it with Jesus, and and, and yeah, man, I, I'm very excited. I think 
I think this team is starting to find answers or questions that are out there. You know, who's your who's your who's your starting uh, ten? Who's your who's your starting nine? You know, who's your starting right back? Who do you start? You know, now that that Santos is gone, you're seeing the team slowly starting to begin to answer those questions. And and if, honestly, it feels like we're coming out of preseason. You know, uh, to me, it feels like the first you know eight nine matches. It felt to me like the team was basically in preseason mode trying to find answers and failing every other match to answer those questions. And now this gives you hope that they're finally finding answers, you know, um, for, for, I mean, left wing. Brian Hollingshead is your answer. Why not? You know, why not? He can play there. We know Nelson can play uh, left back. And, and it worked out against uh, uh, New England. I got a feeling we'll see that again. I mean, if, if Almshead is your answer at left wing, then play him there. And I think yeah. you're, we're finally getting some yeah. answers, and that's exciting. You know, you're, 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 we were, I know I was worried about center back death, but seeing Tafari out there falling out, I mean, I once. Edges and, and Martinez come back. I, my concerns over depth at that spot will be completely gone. You know, you know, like I said, answers are coming. Surreal looked good in 15 minutes. That's good. You you want, you know, you want that. You want him to gain confidence also. Uh, back to when he first the first season he started. And like I said, find those answers. I think Lucci's finally starting to get a feel of where to play people, and hopefully we won't see. Any any of the stuff we saw, like against LAFC, where you know three-five-two playing people in, in spots where they're doomed to fail, let's see less of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to remember that that LF, LAFC game—that's that's Tafari's uh, debut, that's Shea's debut. Um, Martinez is out there. He—I don't know if he's right right now. Um, honestly, I don't know if he's been right, right for a couple of weeks or maybe even a month now. Um, so for them to come back and, and bounce back against new England and show out really well, um, you know, you talk about, uh, Surio coming on, they close out the game very assuredly. Like I, I, I figured that, you know, once uh, Hara came in, in, in the game, it was going to be a white knuckle ride for 30 minutes. And, you know, it, I mean, there were a couple of instances where it was kind of nervy, but for the most part, they, they handled it really well. And, you know, that's, I think, uh, a testament to the coach and the newer players uh, uh, growing more comfortable with one another and uh, growing more acclimated to the game. Um, so all those are like really great positives to lean into. Um and then, you know, you really can't say enough about Jesus Ferreira. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, like last uh, last night was his third game back after, you know, missing, you know, the beginning of the year. After coming into the, you know, having like a really hot preseason where he like he destroyed Trinidad and Tobago, scored a goal for the U23 mm-hmm. uh, Olympic team, looked good in preseason. And then, you know, to have that shoulder injury was just such a – such a yeah. buzzkill. Oh, my God. Um, but, I mean, the thing about Ferreira is he gets asked to do so much. And probably for me, like, the most impressive thing uh, about 
this last game week for for him is that you know he played over 160 minutes and last year he was never that fit i mean Mm -hmm. like you know he was out before 60 minutes pretty much in every start so um he has gotten fitter but i also think he's gotten smarter because one of the things that he's done really well that he doesn't get nearly enough credit for is uh you know this defensive actions where you can start you know um the offense in the opponent's half of the field and advance it quick with odd man rushes and you know he's really good at that getting smarter at it adding the vision and then adding not only the fitness but also not confusing activity with action so he can stay out there longer i mean please don't take him to the gold cup like <laughs> get hard to file file a one-time switch and take him greg burhalter please. <laughs> uh, i was gonna say i'm, I'm so glad you brought up hara because i know you don't want to hear this but hara i actually thought did really well for what he was asked to do and that wasn't necessarily the score it was to basically go out there help hold possession, help defend, help kill the match. And he did just that. He helped do that. It's not what you want your $3 million DP guy to be doing, but that is something that he excelled at. Now, is he going to be the guy that can come in when we need that emergency goal? Like, you know, you could bring Pepe and he wants a danger score. I'm not convinced about that yet, but clearly they found a role for Har. Or Hara, not a role you want a three million dollar man to be doing, but it's something that he can hopefully build on. You know, hey, bring him in, help him kill games, and maybe we get lucky and he gets a goal here and goes a goal there and starts building some sort of confidence. You know, but, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. He didn't kill it off very well, and uh, you, know. know, you said they killed him off pretty well. You, I said they collectively did. That includes Hara and Surreal and Tuomasi. I'm sorry. It, I, I know I'm twisting your words a little because I want to throw can, it out there for him, but I'm just saying I thought I, he did I good. I would be happy to get more granular and point out how he did not. <laughs> it's not something one of three million dollar men be doing. He shouldn't be the guy you bring in to kill your game. That's all I'm saying is I'm complimenting him, but not really complimenting him because. Okay, good. You did that well, but that's not what you're getting paid three million dollars to do. You know, you're being uh, nice. He, I, yeah, I'm being realistic. He did not do that well. <laughs> he he came in. He provided some energy, but I I don't know that his holdup play was that much better than what Pepe was given before. And Jesus, you know, so yeah, like it, it, if that's but no, I get your point though, Jose. I do get your you, point you that know, he's got to find his role. The periphery of a black, is, black hole. Time advances it dilated state and My so people age slower as you get closer to the black hole <laughs> my point was that Pepe was out there to score goals and be dangerous and do hold up play that's not what Harlow was brought out there he wasn't brought out there to score goals he was brought out there to basically help kill the game and he helped with that okay I'm just saying he's, he okay. did well he did good but I'm saying at the same time that that's not what I want from the guy, you know. So I'm giving a compliment, but it, it's not like I hear you. You're mensch, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I mean, 
I, we're all waiting to see what, and we we know this team that he's going to start again at some point in this season. That Hara is going to have to have some role, and he's going to have to do something positive for this team um, beyond just one goal and one assist. He's a quality. He's a quality guy. He's a track record. I, I say that I've been I've been so patient with him, um, and uh, you know, I, and my patience has run run thin. Now again, I hope. Yeah, you're right. I'm with you, Jose. I hope he turns it around and, and backs a few more goals, so it's not a complete waste of an investment, but. Uh, when you go from a $3 million, you know, you, you have your $150,000, I don't know how much Pepe makes, 100K striker go off and you get poor production from your $3 million designated player. It's just not great. It's just not great roster building. But, hey, you know, um, we'll see. Maybe he'll turn it around. Uh, there's a lot to come, a lot of, of work to be done. Yeah. If yeah. Fancy lemons make lemonade. I'm sorry, but Luke, he's yeah. making lemonade with Hara. He, he has to. Yeah, he has to, to find a role. You got to yeah. find a way to make the guy useful somehow. And if, I'm sorry that that's what it is. You know, I I, 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 I give Coach a a great deal of credit and sympathy for having to turn that into lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> right, there was one point where he was making. They played a ball. And on the fast break to him, and he was running against the defender, you know, toward the ball, and it was just, it's like, man, this ain't working. I just, I just had a crazy idea. I, I figured out what would aggravate Ben way more than Acosta taking corners. Hara taking corners. <laughs> I mean, like, actually, if they're both on the field, I say give Hara a try at it. It can't be any worse. It literally cannot be any worse. He's no good in the box. I mean, like, if he gets on a ball, he's going to miss the goal. Um, it's court- not, but if he was back in the corners, he would not be happy at all. I, 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 make, I make you this ironclad promise. If they are both on the field and Hara is taking a corner kick instead of Acosta, I will not complain about it. All right. All right. I'll hold That's you to that. That's great. By, 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 by the way, Ricardo Pepe's guaranteed con- compensation for this year, $108,000. Yeah. Wow. Whew. Well, all right. So shifting over to, it, by the way, beyond it, uh, beyond this FC Dallas match, there was some supporter drama. There's There has been some supporter drama for the past two or three weeks with FC Dallas and supporters groups. Um, quite a bit of stuff on Twitter if you're interested, including just FC Dallas seems to have a track record in their front office of giving mixed messages to fans um, uh, and, and and around things like the smoke and water and beer showers and things like that, which has a, a way of kind of dampening some of the fan enthusiasm. And uh, I, I know it's got to be frustrating from the perspective, but it, it is it is a little frustrating too. Just e- for someone who's not involved in that at all, just to to to, to see FC Dallas continually struggling to develop a strong relationship with fan base and, and uh, grabbing hold of a good kind of atmosphere that they want to see a culture that they want to see take shape at the stadium. Sound like it was a great stadium experience. This weekend, a great atmosphere, but so but when you have a good win and then fan groups are on Twitter saying, 
you know, refreshing. We saw somebody got kicked out because they spilled water or whatever. Like it, it, it kind of uh, it just sends those mixed messages that that FC Dallas really needs to figure out. I mean, I don't know if you guys care about that at all. I just was was thinking about it this week and uh, was reading some of the comments and the messages, and it's it's a it's a little disappointing to see this repeated pattern, you know. And it's, it can't always just be sensitive supporter groups, you know. And you know, I, I like to think that the crowd, which is probably the best crowd we've had all year so far had a lot to do with pushing that team forward to, towards victory. And, you know, you're basically saying bottle all that and you want to pacify everybody. I mean, yeah, you're not doing yourself any favor. I mean, let's face it. You want those long-term fans that will always keep coming, even in bad years. you got to give them something to come to look forward to. Maybe not a win. They can at least look at great atmosphere and say, oh, man, you know, it was amazed to be in that crowd, even though the team failed. But if you're stripping that from them, then, you know, I'm sorry. You're going to continue to have a stadium that doesn't look full capacity because you're killing people's desire to come to the game. You got to figure, you got to find, okay, sure, you don't want any of that crazy stuff. You need to find a middle ground. You need to sit down and say, we'll let you slide with, with this if you don't do that. You know, have, you know, some action communication and lay the groundwork so that then they can then then the sports group can then build upon that and maybe come up with some unique solutions but apparently that's not happening and, and you know I'm sorry but cunts have a history of being confrontational with supporters groups and you know yeah. there's yeah. no answer for that you know that's mm. I don't think that's going to change you know that that's new ownership you know that's where you go god I wish they would sell them and, and Hopefully the next owner will find a way to work with the groups and make the experience very special to the point that, you know, people can overcome a bad performance and, and you know, to some extent and at least walk away with a good experience. Let's let's move to close up the, the show. Uh, grateful for everyone who's watched so far. But let's let's talk about this coming of the well, FC Dallas gets a full week of, of practice and rest, um, which, which they need after this, this tough schedule. Uh, but then they have the 4th of July match at home, uh, one of the traditions. Great atmosphere and fireworks after the game. Um, should, be a, should be a fun one. Should be a, a lot of fun. Vancouver comes to town. Vancouver, of course, is, is, is struggling, although they just tied Seattle at Seattle, which was a good result for them, a good hard-fought match. So they're not going to be a pushover. What's uh, what's our predictions? What do we think uh, out of this game? I mean, obviously, it, it's a must-win at this point. Earlier in the week, by the way, Johnny Nelson in his in this pre uh, his media availability, he mentioned when I asked him about the season, he felt like, hey, get 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 two wins out of these next two matches, and we're back in the playoff hunt. You know, which. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. There's still a tough schedule ahead, but but he's right. There's a lot of congestion. Uh, there's going to be a lot of teams dropping points. So you get a couple of wins, and you're suddenly you're back in the mix of things if you're FC Dallas. So I feel like this Sunday has to be another must-win at home against Vancouver because then you hit a whole slate of away matches, which are going to be just tough. Are going to be just you're just going to have to figure out ways. Uh, but I, I think Pepe and Jesus, they continue their tandem, and I'm picking like a 3 nothing victory. 
I'll go with 3-1. I mean, like, I wish I could be that optimistic. I think they'll win. I think it'll be 2-1. I think they'll do something boneheaded in the back like they did this weekend, and they'll uh, cobble enough chances together to score two and win. Um, So one thing about this game with Vancouver is, you know, I've alluded to the Gold Cup. Um, The Gold Cup will be the following week and um, you know uh, really hope none of the what like eight players however many players made the gold cup provisional roster I, I know uh, it was Tessman, Pomacall Ferreira and uh, Che I think um, I hope none of our US eligible players go play in this gold cup um which like really sucks because you know that's like a like a pinnacle achievement, but God, we really need those guys right now. But um, one guy who definitely will be gone is Brian Acosta. So we talk about not having him on um, set pieces, and I'm I'm wondering about the uh, addition from subtraction quotient there mm. without having him on because you know unlike Hara who is just like you know a sink for the entire team. And I, I can't stress this enough. He is that bad that he makes his teammates worse and did like the best thing that, um, uh, you know, uh, Zenota could do for, uh, Lucci right now is just to get rid of him. So he can't, can't ever touch, touch the field. Um, Acosta offers a lot as a midfielder. It's just, you know, as the attacking portion of that is just, is just a total waste. Um, we've seen it time and time again, and so it would be. I think there will be a good result having him out of the equation there for a little bit, um, and and just to see what what happens there. I'm. I'm I, I think that's I, interesting. I, yeah, I could agree with that. I'm not going to disagree with that. Although I will point out that. In the, the match against New England, it was actually the Costa that was deeper than the Facundo, who was basically going a lot forward than more forward than I thought it would be. I thought it would be Facundo that was staying deeper. And I don't know maybe they were alternating and I missed it, but you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, when when Acosta does leave, how that affects a midfield that has been very inconsistent. You know. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that's as the good news that we think it's going to be. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious, like, just like you, I mean, what's it going to mean to the spine of the team having him gone with, you know, the defensive portion of what he contributes to the team? Is it going to be a net loss or is the fact that you're not going to see those 40-yard shots that waste better opportunities or you know any of the numerous wasted corner kicks and free kicks is it going to be a net gain or a net loss there and i'm with tommy you know i i think i'm all for i know it's gonna make me sad that it happens to our team but yeah i think the players going to the gold cup is good for dallas you know as long as they don't suffer any injuries it's good you know it gets it gets lucy to play some other players and find out what else he has because I think he's trying to figure out his starting 11, but 
you got to think that he still has figured out his subs just yet because he, this is where not having the U.S. Open Cup really hurts a team like Dallas. This, you know, the U.S. Open Cup is where guys like that aren't good minutes, like Robert, Cervania, uh, now that Eddie is basically didn't even make, you know, the 18. That's where those guys would be basically working off the rust and, and, and getting into, into form and showing Lucci that they deserve more minutes. That's not happening. So, unfortunately, I think going to the Gold Cup is going to be like that, you know, because let's face it, Dallas isn't the only team that's going to lose players, mm-hmm. you know, so... Yeah, no, it's so. a great it's a great time for Dallas to get back in the season because all the other teams are losing players yeah. and they hopefully are not. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I'm desperately clinging to. I think I think Dan I think Dan Hunt's probably like you know putting stuff in some money in some pockets to make sure that as many young as Dallas players go to the Gold Cup, so their value goes up and he can make money. Yeah. There you go. There's yeah. my there's my tinfoil. You know, prediction on that. Well, uh, Tommy, I mean, I I agree with you, Tommy. I, uh, Tommy, thanks for watching, our good our good friend. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I do think it's an honor. I, of all the ones available, it seems like Jesus is the most likely to get called up. I think because he's just been so good, and, and I, I think we're gonna lose him. Um, I don't know that Paxson has done enough yet. I, I think Paxson's still not quite fully fit. And so maybe it's good if, if Paxton stays home. He, he'll he'll need to start. He'll need to get kind of kind of get get his feet under him and things. You know, I, I, otherwise, um, you know, Justin Che has been great, but may, maybe he gets gets called up. But it, that would seem a little premature. But I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. So we'll have to wait and see. And, and Tanner as well. Tanner hasn't had a lot of minutes, so it'll be interesting to see what role he plays. But yeah, I mean, it's just, anytime it like is, it's the next man up. Screwed on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see. I like to see some of the kids that aren't getting a lot of minutes with FC Dallas be called up. You know, Paxton, Tanner, those are uh, those are guys that that you know are losing minutes right now, and maybe going to the Gold Cup will be good for them. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, take them for sure. Yeah. Tommy says, you know, bottom line. Dan Hunt, FC Dallas have to do a better job of being ready to play games on day one. What are we now four or five months of the season and we're just starting to learn how to play quite ridiculous, actually. Exactly. And that's what I was saying. It's felt like a prolonged preseason, you know, like, like they basically were doing stuff that they would have done in preseason. And so you got to reminder, it started late this year. It it did, but it, it started late for everybody and other teams have, found their answers in Dallas has simply been this located off, you know, uh, out the box, you know, they, they, they're taking their time and, and, and I don't know if that's by design or what, you know, it, it just felt like prolonged preseason. It feels like we're just now starting to see the team that we're going to get going forward. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know injuries had something to do with that. I mean, let's say, let, let's face it, as wasn't available, so you couldn't just throw them out there. Paxton hasn't been healthy, you know, now you got Matt Hedges is out. Martinez is out, so I mean, it's. I guess some of it is, to me, is unfair to Lucci. You know, he's got to deal with injuries, and he's got to deal with the owner that you know sells off his players. And well, players can. Well, let's let's leave it there. We could go on. We could talk about Shun. We could talk about you know. There's a lot of things uh, to to continue to think about, but Ooh, we'll um, have Shun back next weekend. I know that could be exciting to see if. 
know something? I've changed my opinion on why Shun, you know, we were all wondering why Shun was being played when he arrived. Was he being forced, you know, on, on Lucci? And my opinion on that is that Lucci might have gotten word that Shun was up for being called up to the to his national team. And they're not going to call up someone who's not getting minutes. So my guess is Lucci basically wanted to show his, his national team that, hey, you know, he's getting minutes, he's staying in shape, in, in game shape, call him up. And I, I have I have my opinion that that's always been a team that puts the player first. You know, they go out of their way to help players. And I my opinion on that is that Lucci did that to make sure that Sean got called up to his national team as opposed to not playing at all and they forget about it. I think it's just because he's really talented and scores a lot of goals, and and that's unlike you know the designated player striker that we have, <laughs> who scores literally zero open play goals oh, this year. Oh, I'd say I'm you know I'm trying I'm trying to be positive here. That's my. And there's no reason to be positive. There's every reason to write everything off. I I agree with the whole horror being forced, but I think Sean was basically looking out for his player. And I just want to say it's great advertisement for Dallas. The fact that you've got players from mid-level European countries coming here and getting their first national call-ups while playing for Dallas. You know, you had Cobra get his first national call-up at a very, you know, advanced stage of 30. And now Sean's making his first national team call-up after joining Dallas. That's great advertisement when you're trying to convince somebody from, you know, Romania, Hungary, you know, Turkey, wherever, to come play for Dallas, it's not going to hurt your national team chances. All right, well, let's let's leave it there. Ben, Jose, um, great, great, as usual, to chat about FC Dallas. Thanks for everyone for watching. Thanks, Tommy, for your great comments and questions. Remember, you can, you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. Actually, I forgot to upload last week, so maybe I'll do that tonight. And then we'll be back next Monday in some form or another to uh, break down the the fourth of july match and have some fun together so um so much you... better chatting about fc dallas this week yeah so boy last episode was pretty brutal and i have to pick up so maybe i'll have Alyssa not calling me and be a little more chatty okay all <laughs> right all right well enjoy everyone have a great holiday weekend coming up and uh Let's go FC Dallas. All right. Don't forget to get your fix at BigDSoccer.com. All right. Peace out, everyone. Good night.